today we're just going to wrap up emotionally healthy relationships. We are leaving sort of our relational skill focus for the summer and then we're going to pick it up again in the fall. So I thought that today would be a good idea to take more like a drone view of why we did EHR, what sort of the reason we did it and what we're hoping you guys got out of it so that when we come back to relational skills in the fall, you're like, oh yeah, I remember Leanne really inspired me just at the end of spring and I can't wait for the next lot of relational skills. <laughs> um, so let's start with our motivation, why we do this, why we spend time um, looking at emotionally healthy spirituality, skills that we can have um, as we go about our week that can help us be emotionally healthy. And you guys have seen these four words. You should know them by heart, love God and love others. And you might remember way back at the beginning of the series, we started with this picture, um, the next slide, Rudy, of the, the broken pot. And for, for all of us, we start on the left and the, Jesus comes into our life. And the hope is that we're moving towards wholeness and that we're, we're, we're moving towards completeness. All those things listed under there are some things we probably all have experienced even post-Jesus, but definitely pre-Jesus, and then Jesus works through us to move us to the wholeness. And this is so important in how we love God, right? It's very hard to love God when we're sitting in fear, when we're sitting in anger. It's like that helps us, as we move towards completeness, be able to abide with Him and live with Him. It also, the, the verse that we see next, which is, uh, I have to put my glasses on for this, John 13, 34, 35, we have a command to love one another, love others. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So we have this axis that goes to loving God and an axis to loving others. This is our motivation. This is why we are hoping that you guys will learn and, and grow and change over time so you can move to wholeness, love God, love others. Okay, this next picture, I'm, I'm going to see how many of you guys know this thing, this picture. Hands up if you look at this and you know what it's all about. Okay. Wonder Twin Powers Activate, all right? If you don't know this cartoon, um, it was a cartoon that I used to watch on Saturday mornings. And these Wonder Twins, when they came up against some problem that needed to be solved, put their hands together, they said, Wonder Twin Powers activate, and actually Matt reminded me this morning, one would always pick an animal and one would always pick something to do with water. So it was like, Wonder Twin Powers activate, form of a cheetah, form of a bucket of water. And then somehow they would transform to a cheetah and a bucket of water and save the day. Like they were the exact right two things that would solve all the problems. So this also leads to my public apology to Tom because Transformation is the next word. And every time <laughs> when we've talked about transformation, I'm always like, ugh, because I have this picture of Wonder Twin Powers Activate. Like, Jesus, let's go. Like, form of a patient person. Form of a person who doesn't get angry ever. Like, you know, like this, this transformation that is meant to happen instantaneously and save the day, you know. And it always seems overwhelming. It seems unrealistic. And it's a completely wrong definition of transformation, but I blame Cartoon Network for it. Um, so really, the definition we should be thinking about with transformation is change over time. It's not this Wonder Twin Powers thing. And our transformation is not about saving the day. Um, and it's not about even being saved. 
it is about abiding with Jesus, right? The more that we abide with him, the more that we spend time with him, number one, we reflect who he is, just like you do when you spend time with someone. But for me, I've realized, because um, we're going to look at the verse in a minute, it says about reflecting like in a mirror. I feel like you not only reflect who he is, but you start to reflect who he sees you as. You know, you see your own reflection in him, and he sees a transformed person, a person who has already become, you know, like him, because he loves us wholly, completely. Now, here's another one of those upside-down Jesus things. We have been transformed, and we are being transformed as we go along. And the verse that um, I have here, it's on your sheet too, 2 Corinthians 3.18 we all who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This whole concept of having been transformed but continuing to be transformed, there's, you know, the, in some translations it's from glory to glory and it kind of reveal, it references from Old Testament version of glory all the way through to New Testament version. The unveiled faces, same thing. In the Old Testament, veils were very much about being separated or like Moses wore a veil so that people wouldn't see his glory fading, you know. So, But we are unveiled. We have Jesus. We are in the New Testament um, place of knowing Jesus and his spirit and he is with us and as we abide in him, he is transforming us. So on your sheet there, there is... Uh, a Henry Nouwen, is that how I say it right? Nouwen? Nguyen? Nouwen? Quote that I just came across in preparing for this and I just love it and I'm just going to read it as it is. Um, And this too would be a great spiritual practice. We have the examine cards with the questions you can ask at the end of the day. Going through these four things and asking like how am I, each of these things would be a great um, spiritual practice at the end of the day. But just it brings home to me, and, and Henry Nouwen wrote this about Jesus, how he looks at his beloved, that's us, how he thinks when he sees us. And I just, I loved the, and he's using the bread, um, the bread and that we take in, in communion as a way of, of sort of putting home each of these things, and I just love it. So let's just read it. Like the bread by Jesus, we are chosen by God, selected for a unique role to play in God's story. And as we recognize that we've been chosen, so also we recognize the chosenness of all people. Like the bread blessed by Jesus, we too are blessed by God. We are called to claim our blessing and to bless others as we live each day. Like the bread broken by Jesus, we are also broken in so many ways, in our bodies, in our hearts, in our homes, and in our world. But Jesus asks us to take up our cross to claim our unique brokenness and to join in it with our blessing as we move into service of others who hurt. Like the bread given by Jesus, we also are given. Each of our lives is a gift to those close to us, family, friends, those we serve, as well as to the people we will never know. God has given each of us, each one of us, as a sacred gift to the world. I just, I love that. And one of the questions when we get to discussion is to sort of like, did one of those words jump out at you? And because when I was reading through this, the broken one, I, this, this sense of God taking our brokenness and using it not only to transform us, but to reach out to others and meet others in that place. And I was reading how, you know, when we're asked to take up our cross, people who took up their cross were heading to execution. Like they weren't coming back. <laughs> that was, they were picking up their cross and they were going in that direction. For us, 
we aren't going to an execution where that's the end, right? Death is the end. We have this amazingly redeemed version of taking up our cross, which is we can take our brokenness, we can head towards Jesus because at the end of that is life. And so this whole idea of relational skills and being transformed and making changes in how we relate to one another is all about taking our brokenness, picking up our cross and abiding with Jesus as we move forward in transformation to life. Like life is is where we're heading. We're not turning back to that stuff. So then the last part, which you should remember because it came up every time we had a discussion, was um, our intention. How do we put this into practice? How do we practically have this intention of being transformed or of being emotionally healthy. And you might remember this image that um, I put up, I don't know if we used it more than once, but of a vineyard, that if a vineyard has to flourish, it has to have a trellis. Like those vines, if they just grew and laid on the ground, would not bear fruit that anyone would want to eat. <laughs> and it would, it would be a pretty messy vineyard and a pretty like unsuccessful vineyard. So we have to put things in place. We have to have a trellis, a structure. We have to have a, an intention to move forward with these, um, with cha- making changes. And on Friday, not yesterday, but on Friday I was in the garden, Friday afternoon, and um, I feel like God, when, you, when anyone that stands up here when we're teaching, I don't think any of us would be saying, oh, God gave me this message for you. <laughs> I feel like God always gives me a message for me and now I'm sharing it with you. And hopefully, you know, you get something out of it too. But um, this was my experience on Friday thinking about this material. So this is currently what my flower garden looks like. It looks like a garden, right? Like you can kind of squint and put your head to the left and it looks like a garden. There's life, like there's some green happening there. And, and I can convince myself some days that, you know, the leaves look natural, rustic. I'm just going to leave them there for a little bit longer. When I started, like, trying to clear it up, this is what I found. And I hope you can see this. Can you see, like, these little leaves trying to grow through the dead? Like, and they're, like, kind of got these leaves wrapped around them. And then if you go to the next slide, just this one here killed me. <laughs> because this poor little leaf... Look at the ones around it. And look at look at this little leaf. It's like ah, <laughs> stuck in that stuck in that dead leaf. And I just I started thinking and I was like, oh man, oh Jesus. <laughs> I get it. Like our our lives are like have dead stuff all through it, right? Like old habits. And if you think to Kerry did an amazing job last week reminding us of the week before, the business as usual thing that we can't, we cannot just keep going forward. And in this area of relational skills and relationships, we can't just be business as usual. We have to examine our habits. We have to find the leaves that are all scattered through our gardens that are just constricting our, who we are. We are not flourishing if we are trying to grow through a bad way of relating to, you know, family, co-workers, friends. We, we get stuck like that. And I just thought, yes. And I started thinking of the things in my garden that I need to keep, you know, sweeping out, the old habits. And on there, there's a page of the seven skills that we covered. I'm not going to rehash the skills today. There's books. We've got the resources. If you would like to take one, you can read through that list. There's also a list of what an emotionally healthy Christian can look like. So there might, you might want to spend some time looking at that list and going, wow, that I have a habit or a way I behave, a way I relate that 
just stops this number seven from being in my life, you know? And then on the skills list, there's how we receive love through that skill and how we give. And if we return to like the thought of our motivation, like that's, we do it because we want to love God and love others well. So just some material for you to reflect on. If you need a book, I can give you a book. But this is the other thing. Can you see these two little guys, this one and this one? Like they were totally under leaves. Like I don't think they've seen sun or anything. And look at the difference in like how much they've grown to that. Like ultimately, if we're not prepared to move the leaves, I think we just die. Like that, that's the reality, right? Like we don't, we don't reflect Jesus. We are not being transformed. And like those poor guys were not going to make it under those leaves, the little ones. And I just, it was so clear to me as I was gardening that Jesus was just saying, like, keep pushing those leaves aside. Like, keep letting me come in. Keep orienting yourself around me so that these things can, can go. And um, so, like I said, you've got the resources, got maybe some images in your head that you can think of this week. Um, as we, we seek out these parts of our lives and our relationships that are not healthy and that are keeping us from reflecting, from reflecting Jesus. Um, you know, Joe shared with us his great story about listening to his wife. That's, that's the response that I want from everybody here is not, cool story, Joe, but who do I need to listen to this week? You know, who do I need to clarify expectations with? Do I need to have a night where we sit around the dinner table with everyone and we say, you know, how was your day? Do you have any new news you'd like to share? And now this is going back to week one, skill one. I don't know if you remember that, doing a community temperature reading. Like there's set sentences. You know, we might need to have a um, I'm puzzled night. Do we remember that one? <laughs> hey, this puzzles me. Can you explain? You know, like there's some healthy ways to interact to fight cleanly, all the things we've done over this last 12 months that, um, you know, I really encourage you to put into practice. Set up a trellis. Like maybe it is reading back through the book or all these messages are online. You can go back and play them and listen to them and, and go back. It might be reaching out to someone and saying, hey, I'm working on this. Can you help me? You know, or just spending a day, like I said, with or night with your family around the table forming this habit of sharing at that level about what's going on in your lives or clarifying things that have happened in the week. So that's my encouragement for you today. We're going to break into groups, but I'm going to pray first. Um, and then there's three questions. I've flipped the order around, so I'll help get through that in the order that would might be helpful to answer the questions. Um, so let's pray, and then we'll break into groups. Jesus, as we have been focusing on you the last few weeks and in the gospel of Mark just about how you are just so worthy to put in the center of our lives. You are so worthy to be transformed, you know, to reflect who you are to the people that we love in our lives. And I just thank you that you've given us like material and people like Pete Cesaro that has have spent time thinking about how we can practically make that happen. Um, in our relationships and I just really pray as we continue to, to forge forward with this um, you know gardening of our lives of getting out the dead dead stuff the bad habits the things that we just do because that's what we've always done that we will not only um, become more like you but we will see that the impact on the people around us that they will see your love through us 
So I just thank you so much for this community and I thank you for the stories that I've heard over this time of, of ways that this, these lessons have really impacted their relationships and I pray for continued growth in, in all of these areas. We pray these things in your name. Amen.